Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Wake Up and Grow. I am your host Natalie Bittinger and today's episode is titled Your Testimony. And I want to read before I get too far from Matthew chapter 5 verse 16. And this is the ESV version. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Have you, this is the question I want to start off with, but have you ever hesitated to give out your testimony? to tell how God saved you because you thought it wasn't relatable enough or it wasn't dramatic enough. If so, I want you to pay very close attention to this episode and even if you don't feel that way about your testimony, I think it's important for us to unpack the importance of a testimony. So, but if you have felt that your testimony isn't powerful, this episode is for you. Earlier this week, I heard a portion of a sermon about testimonies, and the speaker mentioned how Many of us start our testimonies off with the phrase, I was raised in a Christian home. I can claim that truth. I was raised in a Christian home. And unfortunately, due to romanticism, we believe that this is a boring, a typical, or an unusable testimony. We've learned that the only way to tell of God's power or the only way God can work miraculously in our lives is if we come from a broken home, if we live a life of horrible sins or are plunged into horrendous situations. First and foremost, that's not true. That's not the only way that God can work in our lives. Now I'm not saying that God doesn't work in those situations at all, or that his power is more evident in those darker stories. I'm simply saying that we neglect to see him in the other spectrums of life when we romanticize one spectrum, the, the really dark, the really sin-filled, the really broken. Now, yes, those areas may highlight or make his make him more obvious to us but then if we only focus on those areas we we lose sight of where he's working in our normal maybe normal isn't the right word in our not so dark areas of life 
but the the testimony that starts out with I was raised in a Christian home that that's testimony and proof of God's generational faithfulness we see in Genesis chapter 17 verse 7 God is speaking to Abraham just after he was named Abraham instead of Abram. This is the everlasting covenant. I will always be your God and the God of your descendants after you. So if your testimony starts out with, I was raised in a Christian home, that in and of itself is proof of God's unfailing faithfulness. and love and salvation towards your family. That means God was with your parents, God was with their parents, and their parents, and their parents, etc. Now, side note, just because your parents were saved and that you were raised in the same house does not automatically mean you are saved. That is a choice you have to make on your own your faith has to become your own. And just because you weren't raised in a Christian home doesn't mean that God won't be with you. Again, that is a choice you have to make on your own. But with the case of being raised in a Christian home, that is proof of one of the many characteristics of God that everyone's testimony side note again everyone's testimony and I'll dive deeper into this coming up but everybody's testimony points to a different characteristic of God because we all come from different situations we all are different we experience different situations and circumstances that require different characteristics of God. But being raised in a Christian home specifically points to the generational faithfulness of God. But one thing that this preacher said, and it really stuck in my brain, and that's kind of what we're going to talk about today, is that don't take your testimony for granted because it's not about you. Your testimony isn't about you. It's about the power, the faithfulness, and the love of God. It's not about your mountain of sins. It's not about how bad of a person you were. It's not about fill in the blank. Your testimony is about what I've dwindled down to three basic things. And if you're a note taker, go ahead. If you haven't already gotten your notebooks out, pause the episode here and go back and restart it. But your testimony is about three things. One, it's about who God is. God is and has been given multiple names and titles throughout the Bible, 
and I even actually did an episode on this a while back. It's called the name Jesus, or no, sorry, it's it's titled In Jesus' Name. If you want to go find that, listen to that. I'm just going to cover a few of those names that I mentioned. But all of these names point to who God is. They, they encapture, I don't think that's a real word, they take his attributes and tie them to his identity. And just for some example, we see in Genesis, and I'm going to be jumping around a lot today as well, but in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13, we see that Hagar refers to God as, these are mostly in Hebrew, so pardon if I butcher them, but he, she refers to God as El Roy, which is translated to the God who sees me. So she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing, for she said, Truly here I have seen him who looks after me. Later in Genesis, Genesis chapter 49, verse 24, we see that God is referred to as El Shaddai, which translates to the Mighty One. Yet his bow remained unmoved. His arms were made agile by the hands of the Mighty One of Jacob. And this is also seen in Psalm chapter 132, verses 2 and 5. How he swore to the Lord and vowed to the Mighty One of Jacob. Verse 5. Until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the Mighty One of Jacob. The next or not the neck, but another name that we see God referred to as is Yahweh Jireh, which translates to God provides. And this is in Genesis chapter 22, verse 14. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide, as it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord it shall be provided. And then over in Leviticus, chapter 20, verse 8, we see that God is referred to as Yahweh Mekedesh, which means the Lord who sanctifies, makes holy. Keep my statutes and do them. I am the Lord who sanctifies you. And this is also mentioned in Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 28. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord who sanctifies Israel, when my sanctuary is in their midst forevermore. 
But those are that's just to name a few of the many names that God has acquired throughout time. Your testimony points back to God being your provider, protector, savior, friend, father. So many of those other names that he has. But who God is to you at any point in time, not just when he saved you, but dear, at any point in time in your life is how you will present him to others or how others will see him through you. The second thing that our testimony points to about God is his character. And I could spend loads of time tying back the qualities of God to his many names. But like I said earlier, I, I already did that in an episode. I don't need to rehash the entire episode. Because then we'll be here for hours and I don't have that time. There is a game going on today that I want to watch. But <laughs> many of the names, as I said before, that God acquired throughout time highlight a specific characteristic and quality of him. But we also see that sometimes those qualities don't move on to become a name. Sometimes they're just listed as qualities. But we can see a good example of what God's character is like through the fruit of the Holy Spirit. If you'll turn with me to Galatians chapter 5 verses 22 through 23 but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control against such things there is no law these are the characteristics that are explicitly given to us through the work of the Holy Spirit, which is God. We have the Trinity, who is all three in one. And these are characteristics that are also represented and possessed by the believer who receives the Holy Spirit into their lives. So we have those. God is also described as just. And we see this in Deuteronomy. Chapter 32, verse 4. The rock, God, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. God is also described as merciful in Psalm chapter 116. Verse 5 Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. God is also powerful. He is omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent. There are so many characteristics of God all throughout Scripture. 
And like I said, we get to see all of those characteristics, but there are moments where some of them will be more highlighted than others depending on the situation we're in. For example, for me, recently he has been my provider. His amazing provision and the way he meets my needs exactly when I need them has been very evident recently. But God's character is also shown in how he rescued us from our sins. And this is part of our testimony. When we understand God's character, we desire to grow deeper in our relationship with him because we want to get him get to know him better. And this allows us to see others as he does, which leads me to the third thing that our testimony does. And that is, it's about how God, being who God is, changed you into someone else. When God steps into our lives, we are left changed. We're no longer who we used to be. And this is pointed out in Paul's second letter to the church in Corinth. Second Corinthians, if you don't know what that means. Chapter 5. Verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So like Paul, who, if you didn't know, was previously, before he came to Christ, a murder of, murderer of Christians, we're forced to look at the truth of ourselves look at our sin for what it is and choose to either accept or reject the sacrifice that Jesus made for us on the cross. When we accept this, this changes our identity. I am no longer Natalie, a daughter of the world. I am now Natalie, a child of God and co-heir with Christ. And this is said in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. I didn't change who I was out of my own strength. Now, yes, it takes intentionality on my part, but on my own, I can't, I can't make this change in identity stick. 
I can't make this change in behavior and character stick on my own. So in order for that to happen, God must be the one who is changing me. And though at times this change may seem painful because I'm struggling to let go of things I think I need when I really don't, it is a beautiful change. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter 3 with me, verse, verses 12 through 14. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made it his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. This change is important to your testimony. Because it shows the changing power of God's love for people. So your testimony points out who God is, his character, and how he changed you. Your testimony doesn't have to sound dramatic, because the story of God's love for his children, which created this domino effect that led to the salvation we received through Jesus Christ, is dramatic and powerful in and of itself. If your testimony begins with, I was raised in a Christian home, or I was raised in a broken home, or maybe I wasn't raised in a home at all, your testimony has power because of the who who made it possible, God. Don't ever doubt the power behind your testimony. Because to doubt the power behind your story is to doubt the author of your story. And he is limitless. So don't try and... <laughs> I know we don't do this on purpose, but don't... Don't write a story that takes the pen out of the author's hand. Your story, though it may seem insignificant to you, has refractions and reverberations that go for miles because of who wrote your story. So I encourage you to tell it to as many people that will listen. I want to thank you again for listening and remind you that Wake Up and Grow releases episodes bi-weekly. This is every other Monday. And I encourage you to go give Wake Up and Grow follow on Instagram at wugpodcast. That's spelled W-U-G podcast. And go find Wake Up and Grow on Facebook. Again, I'm Natalie.
and this has been Wake Up and Grow.